Norwegian, a podcast. How do they? How do they? Yeah, what's speak the Nor- of some Norwegian. Yes, yeah, you know, uh, you must know Norwegian. Well, you know what? I don't know any Norwegian, but I sure used the hell out of my German in Norway. That was pretty cool. That was really cool. I was very impressed. I spoke to some Germans, and I told one lady, I said, "Mein Deutsch is scheiße," which means my German is shit. She said, "Not as shitty as my English." And then we just went to town on German. So. I was very encouraged. I went to a German app and the introductory Hmm. phase, which says, here's the very basics that you need to get around in Germany. It was very boring. I knew it all. So I actually know a lot more German than I give myself credit for. I I know a lot. You should start giving yourself more credit. I I do. I need need. to give myself more credit. I think I've been saying it for years that Toby doesn't give himself enough credit for his German. Well, thank you, man. I think it's rotten all these years. You haven't started a like a bilingual kind of church service for the Germans. What the fuck's going on? I mean, you don't don't give a shit about them. You know how many Germans are in in Charleston? You don't give a shit about them? Y'all listen you have to this. that gift and you just hide it under a bushel like that? <laughs> Y'all listen to this, though. This is Guaranteed uh, Joey knows the German for tithe and what? <laughs> <laughs> Deutschmarken. <laughs> What's love offering? Love in offering. <laughs> Support. You know all those words? I know love money, Liebe Geld. Oh, <laughs> no, but y'all. So um, imagine, imagine me getting into Munich with my passport, and I've got the travel juice. Priscilla and I are having so much fun, and I walk up, and you know these guys, they're ladies and guys. They are yeah. they're paid to be really hardcore, not to have a sense of humor. And here I am, all happy and traveling. And I go up to this guy and I got my Clemson winter hat on and he's looking at my passport and he's looking at me. He speaks German. So I already tried to give him a little bit of German. People in the back are already entertained because they're just like, this dude is very hyperactive. The guy at customs isn't having it. And so he just is staring at me for a long time, like longer than normal. And so finally, I didn't know what to say. he, He pointed to my head and I said, what's the matter, man? You don't like the Clemson Tigers? And he looked at me like I was I was like, oh, my hat, my hat. So I take my hat off, and he's still not smiling. He's he's very perturbed. <laughs> and so when it's all said, said and done, I reach out to get my passport from the counter, and somehow I flick my passport very abrasively at him. <laughs> oh, my so, Lord. So I go to pick my passport up, and I, ac- I actually basically throw it on him everybody's watching this he looks at me like why did you just do that i'm like oh my gosh i'm so sorry i'm so sorry but it it definitely gave my wife a a big laugh but it was a great great trip norway i bet that was a real true laugh and not discomfort no no it it was it was hilarious i'm sure but norway is great man like it's a wonderful country i think it's progressed 
uh, further along than America. It's in really good shape, but my eyes... Joey, did you think that there could actually be no negative consequences for acting like a fool at International Customs? <laughs> I wasn't, though. I was just happy, and I talked Clemson Tigers. That's it. And I accidentally yeah. flicked my passport at them. I didn't mean to. <laughs> you need to go teach inner-city kids how to interact with law enforcement. <laughs> but yeah... I mean, Norway is a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful country. I could go on and on and on, but my eyes have been open to its depravity, and it needs a church there, too. Oh, so, so are you going to go there? We need to plant a church in Norway. Yeah, they, they're desperate for it. They need it. They're, those people are in such need of the gospel. So, Did y'all go to church Did, while you were over there? Nah. Uh-uh. Oh, I mean, God. we visited some super historical churches and stuff. I, I will say this. I want to I want to bring one thought to the table that I thought okay. was, was pretty crazy. The first thing that we went to go see was a Viking uh, ship exhibit, which when I see, I've already told you all this, when I saw Lincoln's hat that he wore to Ford's Theater, that kind of stuff is just, it just blows right. me away, intrigues me to actually look at the hat that he wore right before he got shot. So I'm looking yeah. at these Viking ships that were actually built by Vikings. Like, um, and I'm just awestruck. But then I'm, re- I'm I'm watching a video on what these ships were used for. And listen how primitive this was. They built these ships to bury well-to-do people, like royalty. So these are huge ships that they dug a huge hole to put people in. And then... Uh, the civilians would sacrifice horses. They would bring big uh, wagons and big expensive stuff to honor the people and bury all of that stuff with the ship. In one case, they're pretty sure that because they didn't want this uh, queen or or some royalty uh, person's soul to be by itself underground or in the afterworld, that they sacrificed a woman in her 20s just so she would the other woman wouldn't be alone in her afterlife state. I mean just how primitive was their knowledge of of how to operate like what was going on in the spiritual realm and all of that stuff. And then you think of how we we do fire out of enjoyment. They figured out fire to to live and and it just occurred to me I was like if these people could see 2019 America or 2019 Norway for that matter would they think we've reached like a utopian society? Like, I don't think so. They might th- think it was hard. I-, I imagine they think it was horrible and weak. <laughs> Why? Like, well, like, imagine if you zoom forward a thousand years in the future and everybody's just hooked up to a pod, laying there, not even living, not having sex, not fighting, not doing anything real. You'd think, like, what a loser society that is in the future. No, but think. I liked it better when we got to like walk around and drive cars and talk and fight and have sex. So that's what they would think about us now, just loser, weak babies, just talking, you know, doing nothing. They would not respect us one bit. Well, well, with that rationale, then, then I would say they guess. weren't contemplating what a sure. utopian society would be like then. <laughs> I mean, seriously, because well, if, know, you, if they, you think about their values, it. Well, their values were things like bravery and toughness and being able to dominate others and take what is yours and might makes right that was their values yeah so all their values would be subverted by our namby pamby bullshit yeah. and dying for your people was honorable and you kind of almost wanted it or you know what i mean like if you're gonna die that's the best way to die in a way so what was their concept of perfection were they living it in their minds so to dominate your opponent and crush his skull and get the glory 
best the best thing possible. So them, you don't right? think when someone's son was dominated and their skull crushed, they weren't like super upset and like, when is this going to come to an end? When is this violence going to come to they, an they end? They knew the answer when they got strong <laughs> enough and tough enough to fuck them up. That's when. Yeah, if that, that's if what, that happened, that, they just thought, they thought, we got to get stronger and meaner. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like that, that was the, the thought wasn't, oh, no, let's quit fighting. That, that probably didn't really cross their mind. And, and maybe that's why they, they don't really exist anymore either. You know what I mean? I mean, the, you know, well, I mean, the tough guys but, are the ones that get beat up the most and killed the most. You know, us three, we we go running towards the fight. Joel, you can't yeah, you I can't even it. run. So yeah. my God, it's not like you, I mean, you're is, is that your lineage? Didn't you say? Are you actually is that your lineage from Norway? Are you Norwegian? Where's Svensson from? I would like to be way more Norwegian than what I am since my last name is, and I am proud of my Norwegian heritage, but it's probably less than 25%. Priscilla's more Norwegian That's than a I lot. am. My, That's a lot. My great-great-grandfather moved here from Norway, and you know, so then That's do, a lot. do the math from that point. But my kids are more Norwegian than I am because Priscilla is half Norwegian. So that's, wow. that's pretty cool. Do you, but, do you think that's why did, you were like, attracted like, to her and this, she was attracted with, to you? Yeah, you definitely. Th- I think th- we were attracted to each other's Norwegian blood. Norwegian. Sure. Good point. But I really do think... You're with, a Norweener. Yeah. With, especially with where I've been at spiritually and really investigating some progress, progressive thoughts about God and, and reading from people like Rohr and McLaren with maybe uh, God's universal love. And, yeah. you know, Richard Rohr's coming out w- with a book on the universal Christ and everything. I did think... You know, what if that stuff is true about God and his love is universal? Think of how far we have come in which we thought that back then we we sacrificed a woman in her early 20s who had everything ahead of her just so this woman of royalty would not be alone in the afterworld. I mean, how barbaric is that? Hey, you, we're killing you yeah. so that she won't be alone. And now... Th- we're at a place where it's like, huh, maybe maybe everything in the spiritual world is okay. Like, maybe we're all safe, and there's nothing well, barbaric this- like that for us to do. <laughs> it's really, really crazy to think if, if God is revealing more and more of his character over the years, yeah. that, that's a very beautiful concept to think of where we're at now in comparison to that. But then the... The my brain. That's kind of tough, though. Hang on a second. That's kind of tough to think about it as the concept of God eventually revealed Himself after tens of thousands of years of humanity right. with absolutely no dignity until the last twenty minutes. Yeah, we're, you know we're, what I mean. Where we lucked we, up, we're still we're still barely at the idea that everybody has human dignity, <laughs> and a lot of the world still isn't. Yeah. So it's pretty late for that God to update that for us. <laughs> and, uh, if you want to look at it that way, as like continue, like eventually in the nineteenth and twentieth century, but not still to the twenty first, did we get human dignity? Sure, I mean that. Concept. Well, that's what I was going to say. Is why why would God keep some of those more important truths? But I mean, I. I guess I beg to differ. I think you can easily see just how much we've progressed from the 1960s. And now most right, people would say we were jerks to the Indians. And most people would say slavery should have never happened. And like all of these things right. are, are rather new concepts. New Imagine how far we've come since the very beginning when we just killed people and it didn't even matter. Yeah, but I, I think mean, you're it, missing. You're not hearing. And, and yeah, but you're not hearing, not you're not hearing the point. We, like, it, but that that's literally. Very, very, very recently, last the, like last week in the terms of history, like 
uh, the rest of human history, not even close to that. Like it was just ninety nine point nine nine nine. Kill, rape, kill steal, yeah. hurt, murder. I mean, uh, in the Old Testament, not God says kill the women and yeah. children too. Like Saul got in trouble for bringing the women and children or goats or something, you know, in the Bible. Like, it, like you, like if you did, it, it was horrific. Like, sure, you, you guys, you guys are talking broader scope civilization society. I'm talking God's specific revelation that I think has been progressing amongst a smaller group of people throughout no, I, all. I don't understand mankind. what you mean. Like, he said like in other the, words, I mean, anytime, anytime uh, the world consensus of slavery being okay, there was always people that that didn't sit well with. No, but you slavery know? is very prevalent no still in the, in, the, in the whole world. Like, like I think you're just talking about America's cool. No, we're tra- I'm talking we're about like God's revelation right now. I'm talking about something. Yeah, but, I mean, God said everybody, you know, we were image bearers and people have human dignity and value and worth immediately, first thing he says, almost, you know? So I, that revelation was there. It's just we didn't care. Yeah, people. Until just now, some of us. I, I I think we're talking about two different things, but maybe not. I think All right, maybe so. I'm, anyway, let me tell you how our my children, at least, are not like the Vikings whatsoever. And they are, in fact, <laughs> the namby-pamby. Unbelievable. Have no chance at being anything but uh, coddled and no chance. Damn it. Joey gets everything. Even his kids are half Viking. Shit. Yeah, I, I don't get anything. <laughs> Good Lord. Well, this one comes to them uh, courtesy of, of uh, you know, school, elementary school culture uh, of being. <laughs> this one's really funny. So Georgia school's doing rollerblading now. So they've got rollerblades that they're going to do, which I think is pretty cool activity. If you could do it and you have somehow they have enough rollerblades and stuff for the kids. Pads, too. Okay. Of course. So they Seattle elite the liberals day. probably paying for think all of, of it. Think of how think of how ridiculous this is from the point of view of like a tough childhood or, or, or just a, this is just silliness. But they yeah. they have rollerblading P.E. in the morning. They got, I don't know, 45 minutes for that. So they said they need some parent volunteers because they got to put on the pads and right. stuff like that. Or somehow they have pads and all this stuff. Okay. So the first day of rollerblading was Monday, and zero kids got to rollerblade because it took 45 minutes to get them in their pads. <laughs> so it was a bunch of kids just trying to rollerblade. They've been, Bridge, George has been talking about it for a week and a half, taking about a helmet. I can't wait. I can't wait to rollerblade. And then they're just, the kids are devastated. None of them got to rollerblade because they couldn't get the pads on, all the pads and wrist guards and everything on fast enough. So it just, the period ended. And then we got an email telling how sad it was and bad. That they didn't have enough parent volunteers to get whatever. They had the instructors and there's 20 kids in the class and six adult parents there volunteered and still nothing but putting pads on for the whole period. (laughs) (laughs) That is our, that's the, that's the state of the kids, you know, like that's how tough they're going to be compared to Vikings. I find that to be in sharp contrast. So I sent a waiver for Georgia that says you ain't got to wear pads. 
So hopefully she'll get to do it a little next time. Gosh, talk about some bummed out kids. Did they really care? I know. It was kind of like, yes, they were so excited yeah. about it. <laughs> oh, man. That, That's but insane. the problem so, is not enough parent support or, yeah. for the pad putting on. Well, that, <laughs> hey, I, I mean, in the name of heli- it's the, it's just helicopter parenting and safety and all I this know. stuff, like talking about what we just were, Viking stuff. I mean, you got to do all unreal safety stuff. And the school has to legally. One of those kids falls and busts their I head. I signed the waiver. You're so in trouble. Georgia can go, but I told her she has to wear a helmet. I didn't love the helmet because she could put that right. on. Put the wrist cards. I'm not too worried about. I mean, good knee Lord. pads. I'm not too worried. Yeah, I mean, you don't even get to do the thing you want to do because you have to follow all these rules and regulations. It's really sucky. I mean, it, it's well. It, I mean, you you need to. I don't really believe in pads. I, I told us like if you want to wear pads and you're scared and stuff, you can. If you feel like you are happy to not wear them and you got a helmet on. That's that'll help you guy, you know, that'll raise the stakes yeah. for your endeavor here. Like you have to pay attention. It's not I mean, you, right. you want to be able to have some fallen consequence so that you focus on your balance and it, and there's real stakes. I mean, it's kind of crazy to me. Yeah. But that's uh Yeah, I'm anti safety too, man. So no can you not imagine when the kids ride their bikes? I I don't like safety. I'm I'm on the well, non safety team. Uh, it's not that yep. nobody's pro safety. That's not the thing. But I, I mean, it's getting to the point. I mean, the the story is you want to do something fun and you can't because all the red tape before you get there. And that's that's with a lot of things. It's not just safety or whatever. It's just it's just crazy. Like I've been honestly a little bit more. I I, I am a a parent who worries. Like oh, they're gonna fall. And then I got to do this and I got to figure out this. And I, it'd just be easier just to y'all don't do that. Don't jump off that thing or whatever. I've been intentionally forcing myself lately to let my kids take more chances because I'm like, man. I don't want them to get hurt. That's the number one thing I don't want. But if they don't try something, not and not even just getting hurt, just trying crazy things or whatever a little bit, then what are they going to be like? I don't want them to be scared of everything. Like, yeah. I mean, the, the best skateboarders I ever saw, I never saw them once have any protection. Now, that's not safe. But the, one of the reasons, like you said, that they got there was because they they uh, they knew the consequences, what it would yeah. what would hurt, as opposed to you know not. Now, of course, wear a helmet, wear pads, whatever. I'm I'm not I'm pro that. Uh, Helmet's fair, but, fair enough. But I'm, I mean, I'm but good I mean, that. yeah, helmet for sure. But the toughest I mean, thing, the the craziest transition I've been in now is literally, especially with my sons who are uh six and eight is is basically to let them just get on their bikes and go like hey dad can we go to our friend's house down the road yes and basically in my head i'm like okay i'm basically saying i've done all i can do with telling them how to be safe how to look for cars and i'll tell you this was a really sucky situation i'm driving down our neighborhood's road and I'm watching Waylon, who's not paying any attention. He's right in the middle of the road, heading straight towards me. If I was texting, I would have hit my son and killed him. And yet I'm watching him. I'm like, <laughs> no way that is Waylon not even paying attention. So finally I stop. And I'm like, Waylon, what are you doing? And so I just give him a super hardcore lecture. I'm like, Dad, look, your dad's not mad at you, but I am super concerned. I'm sitting there watching. You weren't even looking where you're going. You're right in the middle of the road. But that is a tough transition, but you have to take it. I mean, imagine them being 14 and 16 years old, and I'm still saying, hey, check in with me every 15 minutes. But it's tough, man. Yeah. Well, the philosophy goes something like this. I mean, like, you know, you want to protect your kids, but I don't think of that as the job. The job is not to protect the kids. That is not my job is to prepare the kids. Yeah, that's a good point. To to live. Like, I mean, if I had the choice of my kids have had, uh, by the time they're 15, 27 
uh, you know, times where they got hurt, kind of, you know, injuries or zero, I would choose 27. I, w- I hope they have gotten, I hope they have gotten experience with falling, getting hurt, being fragile and what's not fragile and how to handle it and to recover from it and get it and to know what happens when you, f- I mean, I would choose, they would have more injuries, not less uh, to a minor degree. Right. That's, that's just what I would choose. I mean, because that's how you, I mean, that's how. Yeah, but when they get those I, injuries, it's the worst feeling yeah, I've ever hard, had in my life. Of course. I just, I, and I I'm not, I mean, there's certain ones it. that are senseless, but I mean, ones where they are pushing a boundary and go too far and learn the consequence of, those I do want them to have. I want them to find those at low stakes, some stakes, low stakes environments. I want them to make a lot of low stakes mistakes. Matt, Toby and that's, I used to go the to the idea. mall and uh, there's this play area. So it was, it was awesome just to take our kids there and then just sit there and talk and let them play. And there's one time when Waylon was probably two and Ike was, I don't know, three and a half, however far apart they are. I think maybe a little more. And uh, one of them pushed the other. Like they, they basically ran towards each other and, neither one of them would give in and go the other way. And so uh, one pushed the other and the other pushed them. And Toby and I just looked at each other and like, eh, let's see how this plays out. And finally, Ike being the bigger and the stronger of the two pushes Wayland on the ground. Wayland starts crying. We're just like, well, we saw how that played out. But that's, that's, I think hilarious. that's right. I do it all the time. It's my favorite on the playground. Like something will happen in the kids and something starts going down and Bridget takes a big step to her. I put my hand and I say, don't. <laughs> so see how this plays out but i believe in that method and but most parents are uncomfortable and they intervene early i think that's wrong right. well i think I the think intervention has intervene. to happen afterwards right as far as hey we we saw what happened here's some things maybe to take from that you agree with that i don't right? listen your kids don't listen to your words worth a shit in case you hadn't noticed they act they pay attention how you act and what you do they don't listen to your words of instruction for them to use as wisdom later that's almost irrelevant usually well, I might disagree a little bit. Your kids probably, yeah, I think you're right. Mine and Joey's might listen a little bit more than yours, but uh, I would, I think, yes. Like when we saw Waylon and, and Ike fighting, we let that happen because one, they aren't really that mad and they're just playing and trying to figure out space and what's happening and what's actually allowed. So after that, we knew it wasn't a big deal and they kept playing with each other. It wasn't like a real fight. Right. If a real fight ensued or anything like that. Now, yeah, I think Jess would have probably wanted to stop that because she would have thought, our son's being bad, like rude, mean, hurtful. Yeah, possibly, yeah, yeah. That's like that. that's yeah. That's when you're uncomfortable. Right. That you're, you look bad because something your kids doing. That's and one, you don't want your kid but, to be like that. You don't want your kid to be a jerk. No, of course not. That's what I'm no, saying. No, of course not. So no, I mean I, I understand that to some degree. But I'm saying it's but but still I appreciate when another kid is an asshole to my kid on the playground to have George have the opportunity to see what she does in that situation. Sure. So even when another kid's being an ass, I don't want the parent to stop them. Yeah, I don't want the parent to stop. Them. I want Georgia to stop them. Well, yes. speaking, of, I hope I want her to have that opportunity. Is what I'm speaking of. Uh, how you handle bad situations? We got a. This is a little bit of a special uh, one for me because we got JD Hall's coming on, and he wrote. He's a. Uh, he writes articles at uh, the Pulpit and Pen, and he. I yeah. I mean, I'll talk to him about it in a minute. But he wrote uh, an article a few years ago that kind of. Uh, busted, if you will, uh, the evangelist Clayton Jennings. And just in the last, I mean, seriously, like two days, Clayton Jennings, something fired him up and he's really upset and he's saying that people are coming after his family and he's going to take people out and maybe even like in their, in them or something like it. He, he did some serious threats and he's, I mean, he's a pastor with a big following. And uh, so this is going to be really interesting to have JD on and to talk about 
Uh, is he scared? Is this, uh, what does this actually mean? Did, is JD, uh, you know, uh, Clayton is accusing JD of just, you know, using Clayton's name for uh, fame and fortune and all that stuff. So we're going to get into a lot of good stuff here. Yeah, this is squarely in the territory of public meltdown, it seems, right. for, a, for, for a celebrity pastor evangelist I'm, type. So if yeah. you want to, go ahead and pause right now and look up some of the details yeah. of Clayton Jennings and who he is and what he's been doing in the last 72 hours. It might be worth it as we uh, jump into it. We'll get a, a summary from J.D., of course, but you might want to check that out on your own before yeah. we go into this interview. All right, what do you guys say we listen to a little Demon Hunter for a break here? I think that'd be all right. Let's do this song of theirs. It's called More Than Bones. Roll it. So you're listening to Demon Hunter right now. This song is called More Than Bones. And Demon Hunter has not one, but two brand new records that just released last Friday. And it's a double album. It's called War and Peace. So you can head over to wherever you buy or stream music. You guys know the drill. Go save them on Spotify. Find them on Apple Music. Maybe buy an album once in a while if you feel in the mood. They've got merch bundles that are available at solidstate.merchnow.com. And merchconnection.com slash demon hunter. They got a bunch of vinyl variants, shirts. There's a deluxe edition book and CD box set available there. And again, we just want everybody to follow the bands that you like. Demon Hunter's a great band. This is their ninth and tenth album. And I just did an episode with Ryan Clark for the Labeled Podcast. So go over there and check out the Labeled Podcast while you're at it. And you can hear more in depth what's going on in this album. We talk about training for Utopia and some stuff all the way all the way back there but don't forget Demon Hunter new album War and Peace out now you will never be alone again when I leave you I leave you I should start by saying that when I told my uh, the admins on my uh, site that I was going to be on the Bad Christian Podcast, they told me that I had to promise to begin by saying that I don't agree with your theology. 
and uh, wanted me to <laughs> wanted me to rebuke you before I got off the air. So remind me to do that. <laughs> we will. <laughs> 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 yeah, I, we'll, we'll take it. We'll accept a rebuke. We we welcome it. <laughs> JD, so uh, just to give you a little bit of a, a snapshot of, of me personally, I think I am, uh, I, I've come to terms with the fact that I'm, I am basically ob- obsessed with uh, celebrity pastors. Like they, I'm just enamored with following them. There's always some kind of a destruction. There's always some kind of bad stuff that ends up happening, I feel like. And I, I'm not really, like our podcast, uh, probably one of the reasons why other people <laughs> might want us to rebuke us is the whole church system in a way is, is kind of uh, bumming, bumming me out completely. I don't really trust it. But I've been following Clayton Jennings specifically since probably 2015, I, I saw him pop up and I was like, who is this guy doing spoken word? And I really dislike spoken word. So that was, it was, a, it was, a double, it was a double entertainment value for me. I watched it and then I was like, man, this just seems something about this guy doesn't sit right with me more than even just normal. There was something about the look and the presentation and everything. I was like, ah, this this feels a little bit hidden. So Man, more than so, normal, more than yeah, normal more than, more than normal stuff. <laughs> like I mean, I, like I'm I'm pretty critical to a fault for sure uh, of pastors and uh, evangelists. But there was something there that I just and so I kept watching and following it. And then out of nowhere, I see your article talking about the sexual abuse and the and the sexual uh, misconduct is probably the way he might would say it. Uh, and I wanted to, the first question I wanted to have is this guy has a big following. Uh, I think he's out of Indianapolis. I mean, he's worked with like Tim Tebow and he, uh, he you know, I guess he was writing books or has written books. He's, he's a pretty well-known guy doing big events. He almost considers himself the new Billy Graham in a way, if, if I'm right about that. And I wanted to know, were, were you following him? How did you stumble upon his, uh, you know, the, the sexual stuff? You know, we do polemics, and that's a term that I kind of popularized that was used way back in the day. People are using that term a lot now. So it's like apologetics, but it's inwardly focused on the church. So we don't deal with other religions, not as though we're not opposed to it, but we we try to clean up the trash inside of Christianity. Uh, I kind of feel that people are responsible for their own neighborhood, right? And so uh, in our polemics group uh, called The Pulpit Bunker, a lot of people were noticing him because he was an Instagram and Facebook celebrity, a lot like Greg Locke was. Yeah, uh, we were uh, the yeah. ones to we were the ones to expose him too, and were so you really? yeah, that was us. And so, uh, as a matter of fact, Greg Locke, when we when we exposed uh, Clayton Jennings, Greg Locke contacted us and said he contacted Penguin Books and asked him to pull his endorsement off Clayton's book because he could never stand behind somebody who wasn't a sexually immoral man. Uh, wow! And, and so there's some connection there. So people began to say, you know, it looks like he's posting all about himself like it seems lascivious you know the tight t-shirts of 55 instagram photos a day um and like he's got a photo of him pumping gas in his car and it's like who's laying on the ground to take a picture of him from that angle does he have his wife on the floor of the gas station i mean what's what's happening (laughs) This this is bizarre and so um, I just did a post in 2015, September, called uh, Clayton Jennings, Blake Reynolds, and uh, I think it was called Leading Captive Weak Women, something like that, um, uh, referencing the scripture. And I said, these guys, regardless of what is going on behind the scenes, they don't appear to be drawing people to Christ, but drawing people to themselves. Plus, they're like 95% female followers. Yeah. And uh, mm-hmm. th- there's something sketchy going on. I said, I'm not saying that there's some, I'm not saying that there's abuse or, or some weird stuff going on, but I suspect it. And then over the course of the next year, I kept getting emails from like hush mail accounts and different women not saying their name who say I was taking advantage of him one night stand or he was preaching at a revival and said, hey, come up to my room. I'll have special prayer time with you. Next thing you know, they end up having sex. 
uh, you know, he gives money to, to a girl to take the, uh, the RU-486 or the Plan B abortion pill after their one-night stand, never sees him again. Uh, and so we began to uh, – finally, a young woman came forward who said we could publish her story. They were terrified of him. And So these ones that you already had are people that were emailing you and telling you these stories and uh, anonymous right. they saw our post, kind of thing? They saw our post where I said, I think something sketch is going on with this guy. I, I can't prove it, but it just doesn't look right. And if you're a Christian minister, don't act this way. All yeah. right, we, don't, we shouldn't be following you because you look pretty, all right? And so we did that post. Now, that was 2015. He called me on the phone and said, man, I need to be mentored. And uh, I just, I, I don't know a lot about theology and stuff. And so I talked to him. And I'm like, why are you drawing people to yourself, first of all? And what's with, what's with your accessories? Do you need like four scarves and 12 bracelets? I don't understand. I don't get the whole metrosexual thing. Not, whatever. I don't understand it. And so uh, we actually came into our Facebook group, but he left soon after called me fat a bunch of times and said I was guilty of gluttony. And, uh, and, and then we began to get emails from girls that were pretty specific. After railing on me uh, publicly, the next thing I know, I get, a, I get a, a message from him that he sent me $1,000. I had posted that uh, I had two trucks uh, break down in one day. I didn't ask for money. Um, I just, it wasn't a plea for money. I, w- I wasn't even taking donations at the time, uh, like pulpit and pen. It wasn't as big as it is now and so forth. We didn't have advertisers. I didn't have followers to give money. I just said, you know, God's faithful. He sends me a thousand bucks and I, re- I realized immediately what he was trying to do. And I refunded it immediately and, and cited him a scripture from Deuteronomy that says, the Lord hates a bribe and I would not <laughs> take his money, send it back to him. And, and not long after that, uh, the, the, the girls came forward with more specificity. They gave us their evidence, text messages, audio. His dad knew about it, covered it up, hid it from the church. Gosh. We, now, I said, now, I'm going to get sued if this isn't true. And so we, everything we do at Pulpit and Pen is truth-checked. And so I sent it to Christian News Network. I sent it to Chris Roseborough at Pirate Christian Radio. Uh, and I sent it to the Survivor blog women, uh, who specialize in this type of thing, to say— I, I'm not releasing these girls' names, but other reputable people have seen the evidence, and they would verify that we're telling the truth. Then finally, one girl did come forward with her name. She happened to have been a reality contest uh, contestant on the program uh, on the reality show The Bachelor, yeah. and she came forward. And then uh, Clayton, of course, denied it, said it was all lies, uh, et cetera, for two years, claimed that we were lying. It wasn't true. And then didn't know uh, much else about him, didn't think about him a lot. I know that Tony Nolan, his famous mentor, uh, rebuked him. I know his ministry license was removed. They said he wasn't repentant. Um, And he continued with the Instagram following and uh, keeping up appearances of being an evangelist. But when he says he's going on a 62-city tour, there's no churches he's speaking at. There's no venues he's speaking at. He's just being a playboy, he's traveling, but he's got 275,000 Instagram followers, hundreds of thousands of Facebook followers buying bracelets and t-shirts and trinkets from him that are, he, he, he's living a comfortable life. I presume he has a shark. It appears as though he owns a shark boat. He has a house down on the beach of Florida, et cetera. And then two days ago or Saturday, uh, I begin to get messages. He's flipping out and he, he's threatening to dox the girls and he's on their Instagram saying, if you don't like take back what you've said. I'm going to I'm going to post these photographs and videos I have of you. And I'm going, 
how could they take back what they said when you're admitting that you have photos and videos of him of them that you shouldn't have, dummy? Like if you have those, clearly you're guilty of it. And so he began to threaten to dox them. And sure enough, he goes after me, whatever, I'm a big boy, I can take it. But he goes after those young women. He doxes them, takes their photos. Now we're talking about women who are models and, and in the entertainment industry. Uh, so he has photos uh, that I would call immodest. And I don't know about your program. I hear you guys swear a lot and you're kind of carnal. So consider this your first rebuke. But it's not okay. <laughs> it's not, it's, it's, it's like not okay with me for my religious tradition, all right? Sure. But this isn't about their immodesty. It's about you as a celebrity pastor taking advantage of people who look up to you as a spiritual leader and telling them that it's God's will that you hook up in a one-night stand. And so he doxes all of these girls the other night. In the meantime, I've gotten... I've gotten dozens and dozens of dozens of death threats and threats of violence. He's gone on in, onto Instagram with an actual death threat to me. The FBI is aware of it. I have security at my house. Uh, police departments all over the country have been notified from me and the victims. And I think to myself, why is he doing this all of a sudden? Well, maybe he finally figured out his career's not going anywhere. Maybe some gigs canceled on him. Maybe another book refused to do it. Maybe he's just at the end of his rope. It appears as though he's on drugs. Who knows? Then I find out. Yesterday, a rabbi calls me from North Carolina, and he says, I'm working with four girls who he has done this to as recently as two weeks ago. And what that scumbag does, he gets nude photos of the young women, and he says, if you ever come forward, I'm going to show this to everyone. And that's why... That's why he doxed the young women who came forward already as a sign of intimidation to the ones who have yet to come forward. Right. So he's come after me. He's threatened me. Whatever I can take it, he's gone after them. So there is Are we next? We already step in the mud here. Find a lawsuit. (laughs) Now Clayton's going to come after us. Yeah. uh, I I will say this. I actually, after watching this all unfold, I was wondering why. That's really good information because I was wondering why after all this time he went after these ladies. And I even went, the the bachelorette lady uh, on her, her Instagram or whatever was talking about how she didn't want uh, this and how he came after her and, st- and stuff like that. I just, what's really crazy is you, and you made this, y'all were kind of like live chatting over his, 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 so he went live on Facebook two nights ago and it, I, I was at, as I was watching, I was like, oh man, this guy's just a bad guy. And then I started even thinking, wait a minute, he might have some real mental problems and, and that guy's not in good shape. Like I, I, I it, it almost seemed like he could take his own life or yeah, or something crazy yeah. like I I actually started I went from oh man this guy's a douchebag to starting to feel even uh, a little bit scared of like what is this going to be what what is this like I mean and and you're saying that there might be proof that because he's been married now for a year or two he and he, he was talking about what what he said was uh, on his live video was uh, his Facebook live video was something like people were coming after his family and making death threats is any of I mean what what is that. Well, he started ranting on Saturday, and I'm not on Instagram or Twitter, and so people were sending me text shots of what he was saying. And uh, at first, I didn't know he was talking about me, Um, and then I got a text from him that said, um, uh, your people have gone after my daughter. Where do you want to meet to to fight type situation? And I sent him a a message back, and I said, I don't know anyone who has threatened your daughter. Um, I haven't really thought about you at all or know anyone that's talking about you, uh, don't threaten me and don't contact me again. That's what I told him. And then he went on to like five or six times say, uh, like throughout the day, like, uh, where's JD? I want to fly JD out so we can fight. 
Well, yeah. All right. Um, first of all, you know, I'm not afraid of you. I don't, I don't think I have anything to prove. Um, but secondly, uh, if I did show up somewhere to fight, it, it would probably go very badly for one of us. And so what a dumb idea. And a pastor is not yeah. supposed to be a brawler. So no, I'm not going to do right. that. And so then it went from one of my people went after his daughter to I went after his daughter. Then it was I, uh, I, I brought up her name and I had to, I had to ask someone, what is his daughter's name? I don't even know his daughter's name. And then it was, he's threatened my wife. And then it was, he called my wife a cuckold. Who knows? I have no idea what he's talking about. Uh, literally no idea. And that, if you watched his thing and you were cutting out a little bit, you said you watched this thing, right? On, on Facebook. Yeah. Yeah. The Facebook. Um, right. He had that really high technological setup where he was showing photos of, right. uh, of these girls faces and, and tweet history and stuff like that. There was no image of a threat towards his daughter. There was, right. there was no, in other words, Pixar, it didn't happen. If someone threatens your daughter, call the cops, dummy. Don't blast them on Instagram, like call the police. Right. And then yesterday it was someone threatened to rape your daughter, rape his daughter. All right. Then he's posting photos of his daughter where he's holding her. Right. Like she's a, a shield, a human shield. And he says, I would take bullets for you, but I would also send some too. you know, like hint, hint. And, you know, he threatens me. And then he says uh, and he says, I'm going to fly to a different state and kill the people who are harassing my family. By that, he means reporting on him. He, he mentions my name in that Instagram yeah. post. Then he says he's going to go to Montana on a road trip. Then in another post, he says uh, he, he posts a picture of an AR-15 uh, tattooed on him and says, I wonder if I can hunt fat game in Montana because he's calling me fat all the time. He doesn't know I lost 150 pounds. I don't want to break it. Are you you're in Montana? Yeah. Oh, so that's yeah. so he's, he's implied. I mean, I have it right here. I mean, he goes he, he says my innocent wife was called a pornographic name by J.D. Hall uses your name specifically a pulpit and pen and religious keyboard bloggers continue to harass our little family for three years. I'm not crazy, but I will gladly hunt down and end the life of anyone who continues to harass my family. And I, but so I mean this. You have to, I mean, you have to take that threat possibly serious. I mean, that, that he calls you by name and says he will end somebody and says that you are harassing his family. He obviously does mean you. And this is a pastor we're talking about, right? Or what is considered a pastor. I don't want to get, I don't want to get into criminal investigation or civil litigation, but I'll right. say I'm not the, I'm not the only one who's taking it, taking it very seriously. And I don't want to, you know, for the sake of operational security, I don't, I don't want to talk about what precautions sure. I've taken, but I would just say it would be an extraordinarily bad idea on his part. Yeah. Well, what do you make, JD, of of the real notion of him being, you know, very volatile and mentally ill here? Where there's, you know, there's a lot of ways to do it. I don't need. Yeah, to you know, people guess at a diagnosis, but pe- certainly unstable, mentally ill. Does that with, color how you think with, about him at all? I think so. Yeah. With all of the uh, with all of the attention that we've got, the hate mail and death threats and stuff. I want people to remember, I have kids too. I've got five of them. And, and my children know when there's armed security in the house and they asked the question, um, last night, what do you think his next step is? They've asked me half a dozen times, do you think he's really going to come to Montana? And I said, here's what, here's what I told my 15 year old daughter. I said, I think it's three things for him. Number one, uh, he's going to end up in rehab because that's what these celebrity clowns do. When they break down like this, I'm going to rehab and getting fixed. He's going to pull a pair. But, but they probably need it. Well, though, also good for him as long as it's actual rehab and not a PR rehab. 
Right. Mm-hmm. Number two, he might he might hurt himself. I don't know. Uh, I pray not. Or uh, three, he's he's going to hurt other people. That's what I think. That's what I think is going to happen. Um, now, when this first went down, I and I have a paper trail where I'm talking to the admins for pulpit and pen. These volunteers that help us do what we do. And I said, I don't want to address this because I think I think he's having a mental health episode. Mm-hmm. And oh, by the way, in the text message I sent him, I left this part out. Uh, when I at, right before I said, "Don't contact me again," I said, "I think you're having an episode. You need to seek some treatment. Maybe talk to your dad." That's what I told him in the text message. Then I had Seth Dunn call his father because we've spoken to his father on the phone before to try to get a hold of him to say, "Do you know your son is melting down?" And he left a message. So we've, I think we've done what we can to, to, to say, dude, you're not, you're not okay. It's not, you're not doing well. You, mm-hmm. you need to, you, you need to receive treatment because the fact is if he did hurt himself, then, you know, you're, there's 275,000 Instagram followers that are, are going to blame us for yeah. quote unquote harassment. And yeah. that's what I think is wildest about the whole thing is this territory the stakes are just really high here and it's is in the midst of the the climate the way it is and you know i color this the coloration for this is for me come i was at mars hill church pretty much the whole time there during its phase out and meltdown and and a lot of the tactics that that clayton uses i've never seen a, such a cartoon level of it but they're the same ones you you see in these positions and people of power and and how to divide and conquer and then you know scapegoat make somebody else the bad guy and get your followers to like them uh, or attack them and stuff like that i've been seeing that since you know pretty early on before it was kind of in the mainstream now and uh when you see it all these forces together like you seem like a force that's trying to expose stuff and help people and get the truth out and do the investigative stuff and you have people that support you and he has like i don't know a million people that seem to comment so positively of him and there's just like it, it, it gives me this really scary feeling like there's no way to Again, resolve it. I, I feel a little bit at a, at a disadvantage because I don't know necessarily who, who you guys are. Uh, I assume that you believe in Christ crucified and resurrected. I'm hoping. Yeah, we're actually Christians. Right. Yeah. Okay. All right. My, my people again, I'll need to, maybe one of them can text me. And uh, if you're, if you're listening and tell me why I need to rebuke them before I get off the air. So <laughs> we, we do, oh, we well, do yeah. use your, we do use profanity yeah. and we're a little bit more raw probably than you guys are, but. Uh, and yeah. I'd say some some people would think but, our beliefs are heretical, but they think Brian McLaren is too. So yeah, but well, we're definitely yeah. Christians for sure. If, if you don't think Brian McLaren is heretical, you probably are. So I'll just <laughs> okay. say that. All right. well, that, from so, your view, yeah. we are. All right. For, from okay. your view, I'm a heretic. Okay. If we can continue yeah, yeah. the conversation, that's okay, fine good. with me. Yeah. Yeah. As long as that's so, a, consider as long me as a heretic. Okay. Is fine. As long as that's yeah. out of the way. Yeah. You don't support us. We, we, yeah, we're just talking about this situation. Yeah. Right. We get it. Right. So, but I'm saying what I'm saying is that, that what this guy is and what he's doing is just so scary and harmful and wrong. And the work that you're doing to expose it, I, I talk about it all the time that you're going to see a lot more of this. I think it's the tip of an iceberg. I think this is a real problem. The, the, the issue is he claims to be an evangelist, but clearly most of his followers, um, I, I, I don't believe, know Christ. Uh, the, the scripture says the Holy Spirit will lead mm-hmm. us to the knowledge of truth. And they appear to be as lost as a goose in a snowstorm. Uh, I, they don't understand the difference between good and evil. They they really don't. Yeah. Um, well, they buy all his stuff, though. I mean, they're just consuming yeah. him as a celebrity, a leader, they're more a strong like fans man, of and they him. back him up. I, I would say his well, audience the, consists of about, and this is just a guess, but 90% women, 5% mm-hmm. probably homosexuals, and 5% young kids. 
Like, I don't know very many like grown men who are like, yeah, this guy's legit. But these, these seem to be the type of people that probably fall mm-hmm. for Russian troll farms. They're not the, they're like, right. they're, they're, they're not savvy. Like they don't know how to click on links and research it. And like with him, it's like, well, you know, you know, you're a child molester. Well, how am I a child molester? Clayton Jennings, Jennings said so. And I've had conversations where I'm like, you realize that he lived a lie during his entire ministry and he lied about his affairs for two years up until, excuse me, not affairs, abuse for two years up until he admitted it. But when he admitted it, he then doxed the victims. So you understand this guy's a history of lies, right? And you realize more girls have just come forward, right? And they're like, well, he might have lied about everything else, but he's not lying about this. All right. right. This isn't a, necessarily a spiritual discernment issue. This is a cognitive thinking, rational processes issue. This is you not thinking correctly. And so I, I think it's a testimony to our culture that some people um, uh, just – are, are attracted to the lowest common do- denominator of, of logical. Well, I think what's so fresh, what's so refreshing about this conversation too, is it's like, because of how consumeristic Christians have been with these sorts of characters and how social media and stuff works, it blows my mind that those same consumers are also squirmy about a conversation where we're just talking about facts, just talking about, hey, this guy's not well mentally, or this guy shouldn't be doing this to these women. And it's just so refreshing for to, to hear you just be so open. As a matter of fact, you're very open with how frustrated you are or disgusted you are or whatever. And it's not mean-spirited. It's not like you have a vendetta against this guy and you want to you know take him down, but you do want to take him out of his position well, that, well let's talk about that for a second do you yeah what do, is the do you have a vendetta yeah what's the like there like is there is he right at all by saying you're just going after him because he's famous and you're trying this is clickbait like what, what do you say well, when people say that well my patented answer when someone says you're just jealous is i'm not jealous because i believe in hell I'm, I, I believe in hell and i believe that it's a fearful thing to fall into the hands of a living god and because of that, I'm not at all jealous of him. I'm not saying he's a reprobate. I'm saying he's acting like one. I don't, I don't envy him in the slightest, all right? Um, w- however, I said the other day, uh, in no uncertain terms, my goal was to take him out of ministry. So when someone says, your goal is just to ruin his mm-hmm. ministry, I go, yep. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I don't know what else to tell you. I'm going to be right. honest with you. That's what, but do. but then it then it introduces <laughs> the notion of what would you do to achieve your goal, and then we're back in the cycle of see he's on one side and there's good people on both sides. Not bullshit. I well, mean, it just that's well, goofy. Well, yeah. the 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 answer the answer is uh, we'll tell the truth. That's 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 what mm-hmm. we'll do. We we've crossed the line before and getting too personal. We just tell the truth. But you know what? What's a sad state of affairs in the church is. Um, and, and I told the girls coming forward because they tried to tell the media and the media didn't want to listen to them. So they came to us because we'll publish it. I said, today, here's how journalism works. Blogs have to cover it first. Then uh, an online news publication will pick it up. And the difference between the two is very small, by the way. And, mm-hmm. then, and then the real press will pick it up eventually. The CP picked it up, Charisma News. But guess who had to publish it first? We did. You know who's on this now? <laughs> it's not the CP. It's not Christianity Today. It's not Religion News Service. It's the New York Times and WAPO and, and HuffPo. They're yeah. the ones that are going to make a deal out of this. And here's why we do polemics. I mean, the scripture says you ought to rather mourn, judge yourselves so that you will not be judged on the, by those outside the world. If there's a problem in the church, we take care of it. 
if we don't, the world will judge us. So like with Willow Creek mm-hmm. and, and Bill Hybels, now Christians are being judged as hypocrites because we didn't take care of our own. The same thing, right. the same thing goes with, with Global Vision and, and Greg Locke down there. The same thing goes with, uh, what was the, uh, the, the Andy Sta- uh, Savage, uh, all that. I don't believe the world holds the church accountable when there is um, a, a pedophile, a predator in the church, and we make them go public, we rebuke them, we hand them over to the rightful ruling authorities, the civil magistrate, mm-hmm. for their prosecution, and then we say, now that you've dealt with the natural consequences of your sin, let's talk about grace, let's talk about forgiveness, let's talk mm-hmm. about repentance and restoration, but we're going to deal with this in the right way. The world doesn't hold, you know, they don't hold us accountable because some some predators snuck through the ranks. We're not God. We don't know it. They hold us accountable and we sweep it under the rug. That's and right. All the comments I get from people are going, you're making Jesus look awful. I'm not the one <laughs> abusing women. Well, I'm, yeah. the very, I'm the messenger. And the, the very, do you really believe it's, it's the a red, the, the very Joey, fact, Joey, sorry. I, I wanted to follow up exactly what he just said real quick. Do you, do you believe it was abuse? Is this just a, do you believe it's a pastor using his power to abuse women or right. he just, he hooked up and then he ghosted them? In that Facebook rant, he kept saying it was lies because he never raped them. We were very careful to say he didn't rape them. Now he did get them drunk. That's true. That is he true. T- he, and the Holy Spirit or alcohol? Let's get no. that clear. The yeah the, the the real kind of drunk that actually yeah. happens yeah uh, so um, he but here's ultimately here's the here's the situation um, as, when you are a pastor someone of spiritual authority it's not fair pickings when you're talking about your followers and congregants that's not fair mm-hmm. it's like a, a college professor. Uh, shouldn't have an affair right. with a college student, even the if the power differential is the issue. It's, there. That's the issue. He told them God said it was his will. And when you believe someone is a prophet, because you're not a cessationist like you ought to be, then they might fall for that. And they believe that really is God's will. It's not fair for, a, and, and the, I got a problem with Tullian too, for that matter. It's not an affair when it is a church member or a congregant or someone that you're counseling. I'm a pastor. I'm not the most attractive man in the world. But I tell you what, when you're a man of spiritual authority of some degree, women look at you a certain way with stars in their eyes. And I don't mean in a sexual way. I just mean they respect you. They revere you. They call you reverend. It's not a term I use, but they, they, they believe that you're close to God somehow, no matter how much you try to dispel it. To use that as a dating pool makes you a scumbag. Yeah, yeah. Clayton, well, Clayton yeah. constantly says, and in that video, he's like, hey, hey. I mean, I'm good looking. Do I look like I got to have girls like this? Right. Uh, you know, I, I got to go he, after girls like. I mean, yeah, starting, he said he doesn't have to go after them. They come to him. He said. Yeah. He <laughs> plays the with victim the, in that. Yeah, and starting with the very first thing you said, as far as the red flags of a guy that posts selfies and all these pictures of himself. If people, it, like, if the very people that are saying you shouldn't be doing this, if they can't pick up on those as red flags, then they need you. Like, it's it's crazy how they can't understand how blind they are. It's just amazing. Like, people should be thanking you right now. But well, instead, they think well, you're being divisive. Well, I wanted to say, I want to ask one more more question, too. Now, he's accused you of a lot of stuff and said a lot of stuff. He even went so far as to say you helped a teenager commit suicide. Yeah. Uh, I mean, he's, he's said a lot of stuff. He said, you know, I mean, uh, there, there's several things that he said. Do you think that, this is is worth it. Are are any of those things true? What well, like when he's coming back at you saying you've done this and you've done this? Do you, do you hold any responsibility in that? Yeah. So the uh, the threatening his baby or the wife thing. 
it's just, it's not true. Yeah. Um, I, I guess it's just imag- totally imaginary. It's, it's as true as Jossie Mullet's noose or whatever that, that guy's right. name was. It's just a yeah. false flag. Um, with, with the, with the Canner incident. So, uh, we were going after Irgun Canner who claimed to have been a, 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 a Muslim who was raised a Muslim. Uh, he's, he claimed that, that he was born in Turkey, raised in Istanbul, uh, in, uh, in a madrasa in, uh, in Beirut as well. And uh, not in Istanbul, I take it back, Beirut, trained to do terrorism. He became, uh, the president of Liberty University. Um, he says he didn't speak English when he was 17, when he got saved, he walked down the aisle, didn't know any English and he was in full Islamic garb. Well, uh, a couple of bloggers exposed him as a total fraud. He, he was born in, uh, he was born in, uh, in Sweden. He came to the United States when he was three. English is his only spoken language. He claims to have learned English watching the Dukes of Hazard uh, with the uh, Turkish subtitles. Um, <laughs> he, he doesn't know those languages as long. So like, I mean, he got canned from Liberty University, et cetera. And then he began serving at a Southern Baptist college. And um, in, as a part of my investigative reporting, I was paying attention to him on Twitter, and uh, I noticed his son's page that I, I, I thought it was pretty shocking. Some of the things that he had posted, there was a reference to. Actually, let me stop there for a moment and say it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what the kid had posted. Um, and I very unwisely said, look at the immorality surrounding this man. It's amazing. And the, the kid saw it and uh, um, said something to me. don't remember what. And Clayton read it. He read it. What he read was legit. Yeah. Um, uh, and, uh, I had a brief interaction. I asked him if he spoke Arabic twice and then Clayton left off the part where I said, because of your age, cause I realized at that point his age. And again, it's not, it's still on Twitter. Uh, I, I said, because of your age, I'm going to discontinue the conversation. Um, a lot of people got mad within two days. I gave an apology. I sent an apology through CB Scott to Irgun Canner and said, you know, I shouldn't have talked to your son. And then a month later, uh, the boy the boy killed himself. There was there was no explanation yeah. for why. And so yeah, did people at the time blame me for yeah. the suicide? Um, yeah, unofficially, um, they they did. I felt bad. Now I I went to my church and I said, "This is happening. People are saying this." I was not pastoral with that boy. My heart was not pastoral. Uh, I I let my investigative sense, my 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 heart for uh, for journalism overpower my pastoral heart. It was wrong. It was sinful. I should not have done it, and I repent of that. We dealt with that as a church, and um, and then that's that's the end of the story. Um, and then so he began to say on Instagram and 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 his platforms, "I'm going to expose JD Hall." So everyone hearing this thinks that this is a new thing. This was five years ago. Wow. This is not a this is not a new thing. Mm-hmm. Furthermore. The way he went about it, he was talking about bullying gay kids, bullying gay kids, bullying gay kids. And then he got to the Canner incident and never said that he wasn't gay. So now it's the LGBT people emailing me saying, you bullied a gay kid to death. I had a three tweet exchange with him that took five minutes. I apologize for it. And there's not, it's one of those things where I, I, I mean, I can't take it back. I would, if it could, I'm not running from it. I'm saying it's wrong, but you know, uh, saying that that was the reason why he killed himself. No one has ever said that. And I, I think it's unfair to assume it. Yeah. But I, I, I can't and won't defend my interaction with him, which, which was both unwise and sinful. Yeah, I, I think yeah. the thing that I, didn't, using that, yeah, the thing I didn't like about it is Clayton's throwing it around as ammunition mm-hmm. against you. That's the thing that, like, it's, it's actually using that kid's death, which is really, really bad. His dad is stirring him up. Now, the end of the story of Irgun Canner is... 
Uh, he got fired from that college that I was protesting him being a president at because of sexting, which they covered up, but like not well because it's yeah. reported in the media. They tried to cover it up. Um, uh, the affairs, um, uh, racism. He used some racist words I'd never even heard before. And now he's not speaking anywhere. Uh, like he's he's done too. And so then when his uh, when when Irrigan sees Clayton go off, then they get together and team up to attack. Right. And in the meantime, uh, all I can tell you is that um, don't, don't assume that everyone in that young man's family blames me for the death. And um, yeah. JD, yeah, no, um, just, I want to get. Oh, sorry. The Skype was lagging there. Um, I'm curious about uh, if you can help me make heads or tails out of some of just the terminology that we were in there before about blogs and mainstream outlets and journalism and investigative and stuff like that. So tell me what your job is. You're an investigative journalist. Is that tell me about no. about that? No, I'm I'm a pastor who thankfully has a lot of people work for his website. And so we have editors, mm-hmm. we have contributors that, that do a lot of the writing. And, and we have so uh, I, I would say about two or so hours of my day is ordinarily spent on this. But we we post news stories, a lot of uh, stories that uh, wouldn't get out otherwise. And because news works the way it does, we have an important part in the in the ecosystem of information. Because the like it, most press outlets, they don't do journalism. They don't research anything. All they like. Remember when Drudge Report first came out? It was one of the first big news aggregators. Yeah, mm-hmm. you got to understand Fox, ABC, NBC, C, C, even CNN. That's who they are now. They're news aggregators. Mm-hmm. They just take yeah. other people's stories and run them. They don't send out yeah. reporters. The New York right. Times. The New York Times does real journalism. Wapo does real journalism. There are very few that do it. So we do the journalism, we get it out, and then it gets, gets out to the world. Like the biggest story we ever broke probably was Alex Markey, the boy who did not come back from heaven, in fact. And he, yep. he yep. wrote – I remember he, that one. All right. That was us. We broke that. Uh, he, he wrote it for our website, and we posted his open letter. And then it was the biggest news story in the world to, uh, of January 18, 2015. Um, mm-hmm. Literally, the biggest news story in the world. No one else would cover that. So we did – and then, so you're then a journalist, though. Yeah, I'm a oh, I'm a credential journalist with the Montana Newspaper right. Association, and and I write for I write for secular newspapers and publications. So people often say you're not a real journalist; you're a blogger. Well, I write for brick and mortar newspapers, but I don't know why that makes me any more. Yeah, journalist. I think the whole yeah. thing is confusing, and it seems to be changing so rapidly. Like people would say, what we do is some. I don't know. I, I don't. I don't think of myself as anything like a journalist. I'm interviewing somebody. People can hear it. I, I think people can write whatever they want on their blogs. Uh, I know, I mean, now journalism is, is a bunch of people on Twitter and some people say that's not journalism, but I actually am quite confused about what that is because, you know, also I hear you saying that you are, because it, it seems like journalism is supposed to be, and just correct me on this, is supposed to be where you just, it seems like we're longing for the days when people just report, report the facts, but I also hear you saying we're, tr- we are trying to take him down. Right. So I'm, I'm, right. I have a distance there of how to listen to I that or what, I, how I, we name the roles. Sure. I think that there's an assumption that journalism somehow by definition is impartial. Now that's, mm-hmm. that's, that's not accurate. Um, first of all, most journalism is biased. Anyone says they're not biased is, is foolish. Fox has a bias. CNN has a bias. Mm-hmm. The New York times has a bias. Uh, and so uh, in any news article that you'll click at Pulpit and Pen, you'll find news, and then you'll probably find commentary. You'll find our opinions. Mm-hmm. 
we are, and I'll advertise it right now, 100% biased. Uh, we are conservative, evangelical, reformed Christians of the Baptist persuasion. We hold to the 1689 London Baptist Confession. We have a particular persuasion and worldview. That's what we're promoting. And we are as biased as the day is long. But our facts are still facts. They're accurate. They're hyperlinked. They're referenced. They're evidenced. And you can't deny that. But you think if somebody like investigating Watergate, they're they're investigating it to see what is there. And I'm sure they have a bias, but that's different than activist. And, and I, I am hearing you use the language of I, I suspect this guy and my goal is to take him down. I think you've been saying that in the interview. Not take, yeah, just to be clear for the sake of take him out of ministry. Not take him down. Yeah. But to, yeah. Yeah, sure. Sure, we're activists. And I, I guess I'm not too caught up on the label either. I mean, whatever you want to yeah, call it. it may not it matter. Is, I'm just, I mean, I mean my head's is. spinning, you know. Well, what is, so like I said, I'm kind of, a, uh, I, I am enamored and so interested in following. It's almost like watching The Bachelor with these, uh, and I, most of the time they are celebrity or megachurch pastors. And I think just because they have the celebrity, it becomes bigger. And, and, you know, it's probably happening on the smaller level too. But are you, is this the norm now? Are, is, is Pulpit and Pen going to, uh, have five more of these stories in the next year or something like that of just pastors doing stuff like this. I mean, you do you, do you think this is an epidemic? Is this something church changing? Well, we've had five stories like this already this year. I mean, uh-huh. uh, Greg Locke was was the other one that was more recent, but yeah. Uh, I mean, I don't I don't know that it's more prevalent, but there is an attitude with mega churches that they're too big to fail, and because they're uh, and here's where I would put the blame because they're celebrity driven. Um, the celebrity is, has, has like this Teflon. No, nobody lets anything, uh, stick in terms of accusation. So like as a, as a pastor, my goal is that my church lives until Jesus comes back. If I die, I want another elder just to literally push over my corpse and step into the pulpit and begin preaching and carrying on as though I were never there. These celebrity pastors are the focus, and it's it's called the Moses motto of leadership. And by the way, uh, the, my friend here who said that he was with Mars Hill, you saw that with Mark Driscoll. If you remember Absolutely. the interview, the interview he did with Dever and McDonald at the gospel. Yep, I watched it recently. Yes. Yep. We're like, Oh, yep. you know, okay. Well, you saw the whole thing. Yep. So, um, anything that is celebrity driven when the man sins, you got to cover it up. You got to ignore yep. it. You got to not, you got to not deal with it. And I think that's the, I think that's the blame. And the reason why it, there is a tendency among larger churches to sweep that stuff up under the rug. Hey, um, I, until I get a knock at the door, I'll be happy to talk to you, but can I have 30 seconds to share the gospel real quick. Do you mind? Go for sure. it. Go ahead. All right. All right. So this is the gospel. The gospel is that we're not that good in and of ourselves. And when I say that not good, that's an understatement. We're sinners and the wrath of a righteous God is upon us. The wrath of God is revealed from heaven because of the unrighteousness of men. We need a savior and there's nothing that we can do to save ourselves. So God, the son came to earth, uh, incarnate, born of a virgin to live a life that we should have lived. He died a death that we deserve. He took the sins of those people who would believe in him. And in exchange by faith, we can take his righteousness, proving that his sacrifice was real and his deity accepted. He rose again from the dead. And so if you believe that, you should repent of your sins and trust in that alone to save you. Thanks for, so, thanks, for, thanks for letting me fit that in the podcast. I appreciate you it. You got it. So Calvinism or Arminianism, are these people doomed either way? 
Um, I think that uh, it's important to believe that we are saved by grace alone, through faith alone, in Christ alone. I'm I'm a Calvinist. I'm a modernist. Thank you. If, now, yeah, I mean that you know we we deconstruct a little around that, but I wouldn't say I wholly disagree with that. I even think that might be basically true. I don't think we're way off as you would maybe think there. Um, but if you want to draw hard lines, I'm sure you, so, we can find that. So out that of disagree, out, plenty of disagreements. Out of curiosity, not a big issue to me. Yeah, and out of curiosity, like like, do you see people like um, like well, what we already mentioned, Brian McLaren. Do you see him as against what you're trying to do and someone that needs to be called to repentance? Just out of curiosity. I mean, I think it's an interesting conversation. Like, like if we like if 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 we were more in line with McLaren, which I'm not saying that we are, would you say, oh, dude, these these people need to wake up or they're gonna go to hell? Is that kind of how you see the world? Well, I listen, we're justified by faith, and so the question ultimately has to be, what do you have faith in, or who do you have faith in? In other words, beliefs do matter. Theology yep. matters. I'm hesitant mm-hmm. to answer the question, because I don't know exactly sure. where you align sure. with McLaren or anything else. Yep. But, but no, th- I mean, theology matters, and it could be, it could be a matter of, of eternal significance, what you believe. Um, I put into a completely different category someone who is uh, theologically uh, wrong from someone who's just guilty of basic scumbaggery. Uh, like, mm. like, you know, Clayton Jennings. <laughs> well, you, you're just, yeah, not, you're very... not necessarily a better category, just a different one. It's a different category. Yeah. Well, yeah, I appreciate I... you being honest and open. I mean, I do think that you're, you're saying clearly what you believe and, and what you're, yeah, I mean, I do believe we probably disagree. Like I'm, I'm, uh, probably, affir- I, I guess I am, I'm affirming with the church. I, I believe in Jesus. I believe, I believe I agree with you that I don't think we can save ourselves and that we need a savior. I believe that is Jesus. I also believe in some of the stuff of the church and the church system is is really uh, not helping to spread the gospel. That's the big fear I have. If we're only promoting Jesus, 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 and then not loving people, not helping people, not caring about what it where where they actually are as a person, then I, I do I do worry that the gospel is thrown out regardless. Same way as if somebody came at me from another religion and said, "If you don't believe this way, then you you're going to burn forever." That's really hard for me to accept. I wouldn't believe it with anything but Christianity. I think you'd probably agree too. If somebody came with you and said, Hey, if you don't believe the way I believe you're going to be in torment forever, you would go, nah, I don't believe you. I, I believe in my Jesus. I wouldn't believe, I wouldn't believe in the gospel if it wasn't for the divine illumination of the Holy spirit to work regeneration in my heart. Sure. So you, you're you, not, you're not recommending Richard Rohr's new book, the universal Christ to people that just came out today. <laughs> I don't know the book, but if it's universalism, the answer would be no. <laughs> now, we, you're we, talking uh, to an we, annihilationist we, here too, by the way. Yeah, this ball, right. and he's a, <laughs> we, we definitely disagree on a bunch of stuff, but honestly, really thank you for your time. Yeah. Uh, what what you're I, doing I, is super important. So important. And I seriously, I, I mean, I will legitimately pray for you. I, I can't imagine what this is like for your family and for you. And I, I do think uh, this is a part of the good work. I don't know you that well. I don't know uh, all your motives and everything, but I do believe cleaning up the church and cleaning up this stuff is really Absolutely. important. And taking a gamble like this and a chance like this uh, to, to, vent, to defend the gospel or the church or whatever is, is a big risk for you. I, I don't take that lightly. I can't imagine what, what it feels like for your family and for your kids. So I do hope for safety and that this gets cleared up and Clayton Jennings gets redeemed. That would be a, a wonderful story. 
It would be a wonderful story if he would if he would repent. And those of us in polemics and discernment ministry have to remember that that is the goal. And so we rejoice when someone repents. We just want them to actually, you know, go ahead and repent. There's been a case, but redemption doesn't have to mean he gets his uh, celebrity pastorship right. back. No, no, absolutely, <laughs> That's, absolutely, we agree with you there. Yeah. Absolutely not. But there are occasions when people have been brought to repentance by our reporting, and then our contributors are like, "What do we do now?" And, and, and it's yes, like, absolutely. Oh, oh, we rejoice. Right, right, right. We forgot. Right, we forgot. That's right. We forgot. Well, that part. I, I want to. I want Can to I add- own. I want to own publicly as the church the fact that he was able to do this to those females. Like that. That's got to be something that the church partly owns. The fact that we put men in these positions of such power and such untouchableness. I know that's not even a word that they're in that position to even be able to do that. Like, I just want to slow down and think about those women. I mean, it's just horrendous. One of of the young women that he exposed the other night went to his pastor, who was his father, and said, he's done this. Clayton admitted it in the audio that we have, and his father swept it under the rug. But then, listen, Harbor Shores Church, I don't agree with everything that they did, but I'm not in their shoes. But ultimately, when those elders found out, most of them stood like men and sent his dad packing. So good for mm-hmm. Harbor Shore Church. Good. I just want to add this one thing. If you want to ask how you can help or whatever, flag his Instagram and Facebook because he's still doxing these women. He's still yeah. threatening to. That's a good and point. That's his platform. And it's it's not right ever to to, to dox victims like that. Right. And so, where can people keep up with your work? <clears throat> Pulpinpin.org. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if you got some other stories to talk about or stuff to do, then we're interested in that. And I, like I said, we're very aligned on cleaning up the church, calling it for what it is, letting the chips fall where they may, bringing in sunlight, and trying to. O- recognize some of these patterns. Like I said, I've seen some of this stuff happen and play out in my life and my church. And I want, I, I feel like there's more here. Yeah. If, if people will pay attention and open their eyes and not give the benefit of the doubt to the people in power all the time, there's a lot of work to do there. And I think a lot of it's a tip of the iceberg and it can be very treacherous work. Thank you for doing it. And I hope yeah. you can stay, uh, my hope for you is so you could stay not bitter and resentful. I'm not saying that you are those things and also focus on the truth and hold people accountable and not and get and this thing doesn't turn into some political circus where it's us versus them trying them taking them out. That cycle is seems very destructive. So I hope we can focus, like you said, on the truth and, and get as much of it out as possible and change people's thinking over time and help yeah. the, the culture. That's that's what I hope happens. So thank you. Yep. All right. Thank you, JD. Thanks for your time, man. We sure do appreciate it. Good luck and uh God bless. Seriously. All right. All right. All right. See ya. Yeah, bye. All right, man, that felt JD Hall. That, that felt heavy. Now I, I'm going to email him too. He, he got off. I meant to tell him I am going to try and get Clayton Jennings on this show. I don't believe it. <laughs> I don't believe he's going to come on, and I don't know what that would mean, and I don't know what's going on. Like I, I, I have to admit, I think the guy did really bad stuff. I, I, I don't even know. I mean, I think he did. I think he used his power, like he said, like he. Uh, God is, you know, the, the he's right. Like uh, reverends are revered in a way or whatever, you know, mm-hmm. an evangelist. And I think he used that power dynamic maybe to lure women. Uh, I mean, JD said he actually got women drunk in order to, you know, do their thing. Now, at the same time, I am worried about the guy. Like if you watch that Facebook live and I recommend oh, everybody yeah. go watch it, yeah. if you can find it, maybe we can put the link in the, in the notes, show notes, Reba. But, uh, this is, and, uh, 
I am worried about the guy. I think Clayton Jennings is hanging by a thread. It must be some more women yeah. are coming out to expose him, and I don't. He's got a lot. More I don't to know hide, what that's going to so, be. He, yeah. Like he might not have anything left to lose. And what if his wife goes, "Okay, I'll see you later." He loses his ministry, his job, his career, his money, his family. Yeah, right. I mean, what is what what would he do? I mean, I I don't well, think I don't think it's crazy for JD to, to have armed guards at his house. I don't no, I don't think that's crazy. Not. I don't think it is of crazy at all. Not. I mean, you don't ever hardly see this people go to that level of what he is doing right now. Like right. it's it's pretty high level of stuff though, so you cannot discount his volatility. And we know a lot of people that show less volatility wind up doing more horrific things and self harm and harming others. So. Yeah, yeah, if he thinks anybody sure. is tracking with his current thoughts and his current delivery, then there's something majorly off. Like if oh, he no, really no, no. thinks people, no, but, hundreds but of thousands of people think he is on point right now. Right, I was just going to say it. I've read so. comments of people saying we're sticking with you no matter what. But no, still, no, yeah. the yeah, things that really he's saying bad. is so yeah. preposterous. You've got to be insane to really think that. You're you're on to something. I mean, it's just no. It's, I'm just saying, if you're no, no, that's a hundred percent normal. Anybody that's one million Facebook followers that are devoted to them based on their superficial image will act this way uh, when this so happens. Scary, It'll happen man. every single time. So this scary. is how these dynamics go, and they are scary. And the other thing I want to say is, please see if you can check yourself out there that this obviously douchey or what you want to tag him as toxic masculinity guy or whatever. Yes, he's a caricature in a cartoon, but it, I mean, still, don't use him for your entertainment as a punching bag. You know, like that that part. Just that this is a sick person who's done a lot of harm and going to do more harm. Probably, there's no delight here in a slam dunking on the douchebag. You know, that's not the way. I don't want. You know, I don't bring JD on to make fun of Clayton and go, "Oh, what an idiot pastor." That that's kind of disturbing. I hope nobody feels that way. Does that make sense? No. Like, it's, not, it's not some public punching bag that we all get to feel better about ourselves because we get it that he's a douche. Right. Like, that's that's a little sick, That too. should be understandable. <laughs> I mean, we should. But, that, that should be the premise, and there's there's no point attacking and using him but, as a punching bag. But people bag like love it to find somebody that's an idiot so we can announce that they're an idiot, and we're better. I mean, that's, that's what we're all doing. I mean, that's what's going on. I mean, yeah. I think that's kind of a sickness. I'm guilty of it, too. I mean, I feel good when I see somebody else being an idiot. What is that? That's messed up. <laughs> the fact that I know how bad of an idiot they are, it makes me good? Yeah. It makes that okay? To I mean, I don't know. And that, that stuff's freaking me out. Well, isn't it crazy that there is, like, like we have just kind of casually, informally picked up here and there on little stories to talk about, and but we have had no agenda to, like, you know – reveal stuff we're not journalists and there's an organization that is uh, dedicating their energy and time to exposing stuff like this that's that's actually really comforting to know that there's people focusing their time on making sure scumbags well, don't get away I, with stuff only for the defense of of victims and people sure. that would fall prey into that sure but that's not only that there's plenty of people that play that game in sure, deceptive sure. and wrong bad ways are really really harmful too it's sure. a bad game going on out I, there but, and, but i would I, and say it's, it's I, entertainment driven is what i'm saying this podcast is entertainment yes but i would this say is entertainment. after talking some, to some degree hold on one second that is too toby takes him that thing at 10 at night about this clayton jennings guy who i don't know who it is and i said that's funny uh, uh, pastor have a meltdown i'll watch a two-minute video see if he yells something funny that sounds funny 
I watched it for 45 minutes, and I had so much other stuff I should have been doing, yeah. so much of me productive things like that. I was glued to that shit for entertainment, watching <laughs> this guy melt down in front of people and harm people. That's fucked up. That's the entertainment. I did that instead of anything on Netflix. I don't know how you could have. And was I not entertained? <laughs> That's human yeah, Of nature. course I was. That's a huge problem. But I, I will be so bold in saying that it seems as if JD's motivation is close to where it needs to be. Like, I don't think he cares about entertainment. Sure. Now, is he happy when no. he sees a lot of people read his blog post? Of course, but I don't think that's his agenda. I don't think it's completely pure because I don't think any of ours is, but I'm I'm actually really impressed with his approach and his posture and all of that. Well, I mean, he's, well, he's coming after you. He'll come after you next, yeah, Pastor yeah, Harrington. Yeah, yeah, you I don't mean, want that. Yeah, I mean, he might totally come after you. I don't know. But uh, I, I think <laughs> the thing is, like, there's no getting around it no matter what. Clayton Jennings uses a cool look, uh, good good words, and and uh, you know, uh, I think that's one of the biggest things I pushbacks I have against uh, this evangelical. Uh, everything's bad, but Jesus is good, and you, you're going through the worst time of your life. But here's Jesus and stuff like that. But the same way as Clayton uses cool clothes or cool words or whatever, uh, pulpit and pen has to use. Clayton's name or clickbait or or stuff like that as well. And once the, both those things happen, it's really hard not to. How does pulpit and pen go back? I mean, it definitely get more fans and followers if you you know write an article about Greg Locke than somebody that nobody knows or whatever. Now, I do think the motives are get these people out of the pulpit. I do think that is the true, but I I don't know totally how. Uh, it works out like the same way as us. The the more followers we have, sometimes I think, what is that good for us? Is it good for anything? I don't even know what that means. Mm-hmm. Like this, this day and no, age I we mean, live in, I mean, I we actually talked about people as followers. You know what I mean? Like on my Facebook, I, I have followers or whatever. It's just crazy. It's disturbing. I do believe that there's a number of dollars and a number of followers and a number of anything that would that exactly would be detrimental to any given person. Yeah. I imagine it's different for every person. But there's a level of power, essentially what I'm saying is there's yeah. a certain amount of power you cannot handle. Yeah. So woe is to you who who acquire more power than you are set or you know able to to handle in any area. But nobody ever says no to it. Right. And sometimes you find yourself where you have too much. You can have too many followers and it will fuck you up. Right. It's totally no, true. I agree. I agree. Like there's an amount more than we have that would certainly be negative. For my life. Yeah. There's no way that's not true. Right. I believe that. I don't know what that number is. I'd like to have about 10% more. Right. Maybe double. Right. But you put, you put, start adding zeros to this podcast. It screwed my life up in a second. Yeah. I know that. I should. I'm just saying, no matter what, we can't, I don't think there's anybody, and especially if they have the name uh, Pastor at the front of their name. Uh, you do, Matt, how long have we been saying it? Since the first day? Don't give anybody the benefit of the doubt. Including this podcast, including uh, yeah. Clayton Crenshaw, uh, Clay Crenshaw, Clay Crenshaw. I got that on my mind. Sorry, Clay. Clay, <laughs> Clay, what, Clay Crenshaw, what are you doing? Uh, Clayton Jennings or uh, or even J.D. Hall, whoever. Like, seriously, we all got to take a little bit of a step back and go, wait a minute. What am I buying into? What am I being fed here? And what do I wh- like? What's the inclination to immediately defend somebody? Like, I'm not even saying. Uh, you I mean, check I mean, that. You're right. What? It, I, it wouldn't be the in this day and age. I don't know what's going to happen. Maybe what? What if there is some truth in Clayton Jennings' statements, and we find out? Wait a minute, he did this, I'm this, sure this. There this. is some. Yes, there is some truth there. Now I don't know what he's like or who he is or whatever. I feel like you said it's one of the most entertaining things I've ever seen watching this unfold. Like it, it is crazy and also sad and depressing. And what's going to happen? And 
what in the world does a pastor do when he fucks up? And he, what, what's his job then? Where, where, what's his career after that? Where does he go? What is what is the thing well, he goes back Clayton to? Just, Clayton just needs to have a clothing line and be a model. He can do that. Yeah, he might do that. He might do <laughs> that. Yeah, maybe Just stop it with the the ministry yeah. stuff. And the, I mean, you know, this is the oldest thing in the book. You travel. Yeah. The, the traveling evangelist right. is the dirtbag. Yeah. I mean, the, 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 the person that, I mean, not always, but I mean, the person who, right. you know, can't have root. You know, there's reasons why these, these kinds of things exist and, and go right. this way. But I don't know. Wild. I mean, the culture is wild right now it just is it feels different something's different right. it's scary to this guy sitting right here that's all i'm saying yeah i agree uh it's just wild and there's a lot more wildness <sighs> ahead of us and how we're going to deal with it but i don't know i mean this is part of the thing about dealing with the truth and finding it out you got to deal with it or you got to ignore it right or deny it and that gets sideways fast when it's more than you can handle right so the only thing you can do get connected to a community and get off i'll, I'll talk about this another time we're not even going to do it but I think we keep hanging out on the internet with people that we don't like. I think that uh, remind me to talk about that later. Instead, I think we should probably hang out with more people that are like you, that you choose to be around, like in real life, and stop hanging out in the public square where everybody's acting like fools. One of those would be the BC Club. It's a community. It's where you can kind of chill out. Yeah, you can fight over there too, but at least it's among like-minded people where you have some more you know, edges and boundaries to where you at least, you know, on your same footing and you start to build relationships with people and the BC club kind of does that. So we do that through a Facebook group. We just started a discord group. So even if you're not a Facebook person, you can join uh, the BC club and, and enter our community there. We're just building that one, but the Discord's really cool for people that are against Facebook. Uh, so we think we'll do that. We've got a bunch of new people that continue to join the BC club, which we very much appreciate that we can get on here and talk about how we don't know. And we don't know that it's even good for us to have more followers, but yet you guys support us and, uh, receive that, that message and uh, take that very seriously. So thank you guys. Here's some people that have joined the BC club very recently. I'll read them cause Joey had to drop off or I'll try to read them. Hannah Boyle, Blake, Nail, Micah, Crimmins. David Hahn, David Dagley, Luke Curry Betteridge, Sarah Stewart, Sarah Wakefield, Reese Wadley, Brandon Richardson, Donna Campbell, Curtis Coop, Sarah Wright, Bridger P. Melton, Corbin Ferry, John, Nicholas John Pilch, Jordan Meggs, Chandler Cobb, Brown Cole, and Zach Killian. Thank you guys for joining the Bad Christian Club. You can do that at thebcclub.com. Toby, anything else you got to say today before we let the folks go? Well, I just Instagrammed Clayton Jen- Jennings, and we'll see what happens. But he might not. Come, <laughs> he might not want to come on, and I understand that. So, I mean, it, I, I mean, I told him we we'll have to be honest and push back where we push back, or or really ask him real questions. So I don't know, uh, but I can understand. I if think he there's wouldn't. a decent chance that he may hear the episode anyway. Uh, Clayton will give you a fair shot here i mean you know you, you can understand what we think and what we're saying and all that stuff but if you would like to come on here and talk we would be glad to give you the microphone and we can be i think we can be cordial about that but if he's as, as much of a hawk of paying attention to his negative press and his detractors and what jd does there's a, a decent chance he's heard this episode i would imagine yeah i mean he might have a, but, uh, a totally uh different perspective and say some stuff well i know. think we know his perspective because yeah. he's given many hours of it online that's true but i would i would still be glad to 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 hear and, it and in, if you don't if detail. you don't know who we're talking about you can go just go to instagram clayton jennings he has a lot on his story a bunch about jd 
Uh, so we'll see what happens. And we want the like. best for you, Clayton. Yeah. And everybody. I want people to be yeah. healthier. I don't, not I don't want fail I don't want a Christian destroyed. going to I mean, Montana and fighting another Christian. That doesn't mm-hmm. that doesn't that doesn't work out usually. So anyway, thank y'all for listening. I thought I'm just I, I mean, this is just I mean, last night I was actually watching The Bachelor on TV and I loved it and I was like, I don't know if it's more entertaining or crazy or than real life. I mean, that's scripted reality and real life is just outrageous and that there's a yep, there's a pastor that just I mean, know, go, so, yeah. going after a journalist and all that stuff it, it's it's super interesting, I mean, it's super interesting. all right see y'all later <laughs>